Uh, it says the child grew up and became spiritually strong. That's all we get, right? I'm a parent. I, I used to be a youth pastor. I'm, I'm longing for stories about youth ministry, right? How do, we, how do we rear teenagers? Please help me, God. How do we, you know, how do we, how do we raise up young children? How, I mean, and there's instruction in there, certainly. But we see, like in, in John's life, he was born, and then it says, and he grew up and became spiritually strong. Now, I want to read another, another verse in, in Luke 2. Because in Luke 2, we have a similar thing with Jesus, right? We have the story of Jesus when he's, when he's going, it's kind of his bar mitzvah age. He's going to uh, Jerusalem for the Passover with his family. They aren't sure if he's with the, the, the women or if he's with the men. But they leave the Passover, leave Jerusalem, and they get a day away. And they realize Jesus isn't here, right? And, and we'll look at, look at some of the surroundings of this passage in Luke 2. Uh, looking at verse 40, it says, The boy grew up and became strong. Filled with wisdom, and God's grace was on him. Now, of course, this is the Messiah, Jesus Christ. But as he came, he, he, was, he was perfect. And, and even Scripture would say he became perfect. Here's what, it's not that he wasn't, wasn't perfect and, and eventually became perfect. It's that through trials, through life experiences, he showed that he really was God, that he was really perfect. But in, in this instance, he grew. Just like you and I grow as human beings, the boy grew up and became strong, filled with wisdom, and God's grace was on him. Then if we, we jump down from there, we go to verse 52. This is like, what was Jesus' childhood like? Here it is. Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and with people. That's what we have. Now, that, that's enough, but we, we certainly, sometimes we long for more. But we see that instance is similar to the one of John growing up. He, so he, he increased in wisdom and stature. Right, so wisdom, knowledge, he increased in stature. He grew up, he became a man, he put some muscles on, right? He, he worked hard and he, he became a man. And in favor with God and people. He was, he was out there to serve, he was humble. He wanted to, to make sure people's needs were met. And ultimately that he pleased God. That's what he was doing, okay? And then I want to look at one more example of this for you. You don't have to turn there if you don't want, but it's in 2 Samuel, uh, or sorry, 1 Samuel, the uh, book of 1 Samuel. And we're going to be in chapter 2. 1 Samuel 2, and this is about Samuel. So Samuel was given to Hannah, and, and you, you saw this, that there was this miracle of God there, and she had a song about this. And what does it say about him? What does it say about this one that's set apart for God's purposes? And, and, and here's, here's my thought process today for us. My hope is that, that you and I would look at 2018 and say, you know what, we were, we were whatever, we were this or that, or, or you know, I give myself a seven, or I give myself a three, what, as far as spiritual growth, faithfulness to the Lord. And, and the question is, what do you want 2019 to be? What do you want, how, how do you want to grow as a disciple, as a follower of Jesus Christ in 2019? In two days, we start a new year. We're all about making resolutions. And my hope as, as a church family, as a body, that each of us would, would decide in our hearts that we want to continue to grow spiritually. We want to get stronger and stronger and grow spiritually, uh, just like we see Jesus. It, it, today's, today's message is about growing up. How do we grow up now? How do we just have a desire in us to grow spiritually? It's not just about eating vegetables and, and fruits and meats and, you know, in, in proper balance. It's about what are we doing here for our heart spiritually. So in, in Samuel, it says this, The Lord paid attention to Hannah's need, and she conceived and gave birth to three sons and two daughters. Meanwhile, the boy Samuel, who she had already had, grew up in the presence of the Lord. So important, parents, understanding that we place our children in, in those places where the presence of the Lord exists, that we bring them to church. We bring them to gather with other believers. We, go other, we invite Christians to our home. We go to Christians' homes. We make sure our kids are surrounded and raised by the village of the Christ followers as well. He grew up in the presence 
of the Lord. And then verse 26 says, by contrast, the boy Samuel, by, in contrast to his, his siblings who were evil and doing, doing evil, in contrast, Samuel grew in stature and in favor with the Lord and people. See, similarities here between John and Jesus and Samuel are all existing. But there's, so how do we grow up? I want to answer that question today. How do we grow up? And what can we do to grow? All right. So now we're going to be in Colossians chapter 1. Okay, let's turn there together. You're probably already there. Colossians chapter 1. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. We're going to read verses 9 through 14. Now, here's the great thing. Paul had heard about the faithfulness, and you look at the first eight verses. He heard about the faithfulness of the church at Coloss, and and he was thrilled. He was excited that there was a lot of faith, that there there was faithfulness, that there was obedience, that there was growth. He was thrilled. And that's not always the case when Paul writes a letter to a church, is it? Oftentimes, when Paul writes a letter to a church, he's saying, get your act together. Stop doing this and start doing this. Now, when he writes to the church at Colossus, he's like, I, I am excited about your faith. And then he begins in verse 9. Let's read together. He says, For this reason also, because of your faith, I've heard about this. Since, since the day we heard this, we haven't stopped praying for you. We are asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, so that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him bearing fruit in every good work and growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience joyfully, giving thanks to the Father who has enabled you to share in the saints' inheritance in the light. He has rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of the Son he loves. In him we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. That's our passage today. I think there's a lot we can look at from this passage about growing up. But if we decide and desire to grow spiritually, what does that look like? Well, first one is this. Number one, we pray for growth. We pray for growth. In the first verse, he says, for this reason. And and I want us to understand, there are a lot of times people come up to us, right? Say, hey, Brandon, I'm really struggling. I've really got this pain. I've really got this issue. I've got this need for, for discipline, whatever it might be. I need help. And and when people come and say they need help, what do we say? I'll be what? I'll be there. I'll be be praying for you. I'm going to make sure I'm praying for you. I'll write that down. I I do that all the time. There are so many times there are needs going on. I write it down. But what Paul is saying here is that this church didn't, didn't come and say, we have so many deep needs. We're hurting so much. We're struggling with so much sin. What this church was doing was growing already. They were being obedient to the call that Christ had called them to. They were doing what they were supposed to be doing. For the most part, we, right? And what Paul said, because you're there, because you're growing, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray for you. Now, why, why do you think that is? I, I, when I was a kid, we used to chase lizards, right? In, in California, I mean, we didn't have them in Montana. So you came to, came to California, like, this is cool, there's lizards. You try to grab them, and they'd bite you, or they, their tail would come off. Like, oh, no. My grandma assured me they grew back. But when you were able to catch one, right, and, and there's, a, there's a secret to putting them to sleep, right? You kind of turn them over, and what do you do? You rub their belly, and they're just kind of like, they're done. They're asleep, right? <clears throat> here's, here's what Satan wants to do for us. He wants to, to grab us like a lizard and get us distracted in any way he can, rub our belly in a way that just puts us asleep and, and kind of subdues us. And if he can subdue us, we can't be active for the kingdom of God. 
All right? So when does he subdue us? When we are active for the kingdom of God. And, and we have to understand that. When, when I'm messing up, when I'm doing, doing bad, when I'm already rolled over and basically doing nothing, Satan's already got me where he wants me. Yes, I need prayer. Yes, I need support. But what I need is a kick in the butt to get going again. But when, what Satan does most is when we're doing good, when we're strong, when we're active, he's like, I don't like this. And he'll do whatever he can for those of us who are strong in the faith, who are being obedient to the call, he'll do whatever he can to grab us, capture us, and put us to sleep, to subdue us. That's what he wants to do. So when Paul says, you're doing great, awesome. Because of that, I'm going to pray for you. Why? Because I know the enemy does not like that you are doing great. So today, I, I, there's, there's obviously two crowds here, probably more than that. Some of us feel like we're doing great. 2018 has been a great spiritual year. We've grown. We've gotten the word. We've been at church more. We're connecting with believers and growing. Don't let your guard down. Don't let your guard down. Continue to persevere. Continue to say, I want to grow. There is another crowd that's right now that, that has felt just like, I've just been rolled over and Satan subdued me and I, I can't, I'm not doing anything. Well, now's our, now's our chance. Wake up. Now's your chance. Desire this. Let God inhabit you by the power of his spirit and let him change you and transform you into who he wants you to be. Now's that chance. If you want to make a resolution, roll over and get busy. Let's get going. Don't, don't be passive anymore. And a lot of that comes when, when we're in the middle of sin or we're in the middle of struggle. What happens in that, in that point, it's kind of a dry time in our life. And we don't want to be exposed. We don't want to, we don't want to be vulnerable with people. Right? We, we would rather you know, talk about our problems with someone else about somebody else with somebody else, right? Rather than talk to somebody else and work something else out. We, we'd rather just kind of sit back and, and like, well, I, I don't, I'm not worthy. I don't want to go. I don't want to you know, wreck what's going on. There's something that seems like it's going great there. Listen, the body of Christ is full of all of us in different parts of our journey. But we, we should be here for one another. But in order for us to be for one another, we have to be present and we have to be able to be vulnerable and be ready to say, listen, I, I need help. This is what's going on in my life. I need help. I, I Satan hates that, by the way. Yeah. Satan hates it when we say, I need help. I need to change. I need to, I need to turn my back on what Satan's doing to distract me, and I need to come, come forward with Jesus. That's what the body of Christ is for. So, so listen, one of the first things we can do, if you want to grow spiritually, pray for each other. Pray for, pray for those who are doing great. And if you're doing great, call someone and say, Brandon, I feel like I'm doing great now. Please pray. Please pray because I don't know what's around the next corner. Please pray. You know, we just got through that with that sermon series on, on the Lord's Prayer. And, and part of it was, Lord, lead us not into temptation, right? If at all possible, God, no temptation, no sin. I don't want to go there. I'm doing great. No sin. But if, if it, I do get there, please deliver me from the evil one. You see, when we're, when we're not in the middle of temptation and trial, we should be praying, God, please, no temptation and trial. Please, no temptation and trial so I can fully serve you and and what it says it says for this reason since that day we heard we haven't stopped praying for you we are asking here's the prayer we are asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding what what we see is a correlation and we'll see it connected more in a few minutes there's a correlation a connection between our knowledge and spiritual wisdom Growing up, knowing and understanding who God is and what he's doing. There's a connection between that and then godly living. You know, we, and we'll see some of that in a minute. I'm, I'm going to read a couple more verses to you. Um, one, one of them is from 2 Timothy. And it's, this is about the knowledge that comes from God's word. It's so important. We, we take this book for granted so often. 
And it's such a vital part of our spiritual growth, of growing up. It says all scripture is inspired by God. I'm saying that Paul is writing to the Ephesus church or the church at Colossus. But who's really writing it? It's God. God is writing that by the power of his spirit, inspiring that to be written. All scripture is inspired by God. It's profitable for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, for training in righteousness. Those are things that we need when we're, we've rolled over and our belly's been rubbed. We need, to, we need to come back to correcting and rebuking, training in righteousness, so that the man of God, the person of God, may be complete. That's, that's spiritual growth. May be complete and equipped for every good work. In 2019, if you want to be ready and equipped for every good work, it's about spending time renewing your mind and your heart in the Word of God. So when we pray, God, I, 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 need, to, I need prayer because I'm doing good, but I need, I need to be prayed that, that I would be filled with the knowledge from the Spirit of God. That's what we're talking about. Go to the Word. And this, this knowledge is, again, it, it's associated. If I want to if I want to be equipped for every good work, I've got to go to the Word of God for teaching and rebuking and correcting and training in righteousness. See that correlation? That, that spiritual knowledge comes before godly living. That we'd grow in that. And I know, I know some of you are like, I, I'm not good at knowledge. I'm not good at tests. I'm not good at studying. I just, just tell me what I need to know. Well, that's part of being taught, right? Even, even now, we're, we're being submissive to the Word of God, and, that, and that's, that's important. But God's Spirit is the one that's living and active amongst us, and He's the one that's going to teach you and train you and rebuke you and correct you. You don't have to have it all figured out on your own. God will help and assist in that. And, and I want to understand also, because when we abandon this, when we say, I can't do it, we're by default putting ourselves under the teaching of the culture we're in. If we say, I can't learn this, I can't grow in this knowledge, we are by default putting ourselves under the authority and teaching of the culture that we live in. That's the wisdom that we're gaining, just by default. So we have to, we have to try to come here. I want to read a passage out of Job 28. It says, where can wisdom be found? And where is understanding located? Like, we're, we need to find this, right? No one, uh, no one knows its value. Since it cannot be found in the land of the living, the ocean depths say, it's not in me. While the seas declare, I, I don't have it. This is God's creation shouting, saying, I, I don't know where it is, right? Gold cannot be exchanged for it, and silver cannot be weighed out for its price. Where then does wisdom come from, and where is understanding located? Again, this is us seeking knowledge and wisdom. Where, where is this going to be found? Is it hidden, or it is hidden from the eyes of every living thing and concealed from the birds of the sky? Abaddon and death say, uh, We have heard news of it with our ears, but God understands the way to wisdom. And he knows its location. It's like, I, yeah, I've, I've heard of that. I'm not sure where it is, but I, I, I know what you're talking about. But God understands the way to wisdom and knows its location, for he looks to the ends of the earth and sees everything under the heavens. When God fixed the weight of the wind and distributed the waters by measure, when he established a limit for the rain and a path for the lightning, he considered wisdom and evaluated it. He established it and examined it. You look at creation and say, wow, look at what God has made. Of course God would hold all wisdom and understanding. That's where it resides. And here's what it says in the final, final verse here. In 28 he says, he said to mankind, here we go, this is our answer, mankind, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. And to turn from evil is understanding. You see, our hearts have to be in the spot that says, I don't want whatever they're, they're offering. 
I don't want whatever they think they can give me. I want to turn from that kind of wisdom and turn to the wisdom that only comes from God Himself. Amen? That's the wisdom we want. And as we proceed forward in this new year, if we want to grow spiritually, we have to pursue wisdom in that way. God, it's in you. It's not in anything else. It's in you. Help me to see. Help me to know. Help me to understand your wisdom. And that fear of the Lord, that's that humble submission to God. See, I want to humbly submit myself and my heart to God. I want to turn from my own way, my own wisdom, and I want to turn to His wisdom. We've got to do it. It's an active, active thing to grow spiritually. We've got to submit ourselves that way. Otherwise, by default, we're looking everywhere else. And everywhere else, if they're honest, says, we don't have it. Right? Creation says it. We, we don't know where it is. We don't have it. People will say it. People all around who ex- exchange the truth of God for a lie say, oh yeah, we, we've got it here. We, we think we have it. We think we've nailed this down if you want to come follow this. But that's, it's not there. It always leaves empty. And this is the one that fulfills if we really want to grow spiritually. So we, if we want to grow spiritually, we pray for growth. And we humble ourselves before Him, submitting to Him as Lord. And the next part is, is this. Um, this is what comes after, right? It's what's produced. In verse 10 of Colossians, if we go back there, one ten. It's a worthy, Christ-centered walk. That's number two. It's a worthy, Christ-centered walk. That's what's produced. As we pray and let God fill us with His Spirit and produce knowledge in us and His wisdom, a worthy, Christ-centered walk is produced. So he, he said, we pray all of these things, and then it starts out in verse 10, so that, so that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him. I want you to think about the story with Jesus. We, we didn't read it, but you can read it at home in, in chapter 2 of Luke. They went to the temple. They went to the, the Jerusalem for the Passover, right? They're there, and, and they leave. But Jesus, where was Jesus? You remember where he was? He was in the temple. What was he doing? Carrying on conversation, talking about the things of God, answering questions, asking questions. And people were like stunned at what he knew. And it's, meanwhile, his mom and dad were off, gone. They, they lost him. And they came back, and he said, didn't you know, like, where, where were you? Why did you do this to us? And what did he say? Didn't you know what? I'd, I'd be in my father's house or about my father's business. Who, who was his father? His father was God, but, but he had a dad, right? His dad was Joseph. What was Joseph? He was a what? A carpenter? You see, it, here, here's the deal. If we want to be pleasing to God, work, walk worthy in a Christ-centered walk, we have to understand that what people around us want may not be what God wants for us. Joseph was his dad, and, and Jesus fully submitted and surrendered to Mary and Joseph as, as he grew up. He was submissive, but Jesus was about his father's business, his heavenly father's business. When God the Father called him to do something, he did that. And, and, and we may even grow up in houses where we have an expectation on us from our family to be a certain person or to do a certain job or to live a certain way. And, and, and for you and I as Christ followers, we have this whole new life that's been given. The old is gone. Scripture says, and behold, all things have been made new because of Jesus. And God may call you to do something different than what your parents are hoping you're going to do. God may call you to do something different than your coworkers or your wife or your husband may call you to do. And we need to be ready for that. We need to say, you know, I, I'm, I'm here to please God and not men. Yes, I want to serve men. I want to be a humble servant of all. But at the end of the day... I go to sleep on my pillow and rest easy because I was pleasing to God. 1 Thessalonians 2.12 says this, 
as you know, like a father with his own children, we encourage you, like Paul's saying, we, we, like you're our kids. We encouraged and comforted and implored each one of you to live the way we wanted you to live. That's not what it says. We, we comfort and encourage and implore you to live worthy of God. That's why we want to comfort you. That's why I want to nurture you. That's why I want you to grow up is in order to live worthy of God who calls you into His own kingdom. You know those people around you that have expectations of you? And, so, and you know what? Sometimes we got to just go with that. I understand, especially children, youth, to your parents. But those people around you, those expectations that are set up, if it's not being called by His own kingdom, it's probably not worthy of His glory. You and I need to surrender to the call of God, that God is calling us into His own kingdom to do His work for His glory. Our lives are to be lived out and growing in a way that doesn't say, look how great you are, look how amazing you are, but as we grow our lives, our lives lived worthy of the King of kings who's called us into His kingdom and live worthy of His glory, that He might get the credit, that people would see and praise Him because of our growth. I want to grow. I hope you do too. We have more to go here. I'm going to, we're going to, I'm going to pray for us. I'm going to ask the worship team to come back up. And, and those who are ushers who are going to be helping with the offering today, if you come up as well as I pray, and we'll, uh, we'll transition into our next element here. Pray with me. Father, thank you so much for your grace. Thank you for your love and, your, and God, your spirit that you have called us to grow by the power of your word and by your spirit and with others. God, and I, I pray that we would desire to, to pray consistently for ourselves and others, even though we're doing great, that we would grow. God, and, I, and my prayer is that, that we would walk worthy in a Christ-centered life, that our focus would be to please Jesus always. And that's what growth is. Help us as we continue to worship you, as we continue to give from our heart right now, God, that you would be blessed and you would be honored. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. All right. Got some extra miracle grow. Put this here for now. Okay. So we are back in Colossians chapter 1. Back in Colossians chapter 1. By the way, parents, uh, in your bulletin on the sermon notes, you'll find that little children's corner illustration is kind of spelled out there if you want to rehash that later on with your kids. Okay. Um, so we've talked about how, how do we grow up? How do we, how do we grow to be spirit-filled Christians? And we talked about the, uh, the need that even though when it's going well, we would pray. Like, God, pray. I, I want to pray that it goes, goes well still and it goes well with my my friends or church family, I want them to be strong. Uh, I, I was reminded about uh, tomato plants. When, I don't know about how, how yours are. I, it seems like every time I try to grow a tomato, um, it goes well. It, goes, it, it grows well, and it's great, and, and you have a little bit of a you know, protection around it, a cage, but basically that's ma- basically to make it grow, right, to help it go up. And, and one year, I kid you not, you know, it was going great. The, the, it was the day before I was going to pick them. Literally the day before I was going to pick them. I go to bed, you get up the next morning, and deer had come and wiped them out. So it, it's, not, it's not just the time, you know, you got to protect them early. you gotta, you got to protect. When it's going great, you got to really protect. And that's, that's the thing we do. We pray and say, God, I want, I want to strengthen 
my heart. I want to strengthen my resolve. I want to, I want to find your wisdom and your truth. I want to grow in that. And then we talked about a product of that. What happens is what's produced as we grow is a walk worthy of Christ, right? It's a, it's a worthy walk that's Christ-centered. That, that I, what I do, I want to please God. I want, I want Him to be number one. I want it to be about His glory. And there are a couple more things I just want to briefly mention before we, we celebrate the Lord's Supper together. Um, and, and you'll see these elements as well. God's Word, like I share with the kids, uh, that what's important to surround ourselves with, well, God's Word, God's Spirit, and God's people. Okay. Well, God's Word, we mentioned that already. That's the source. That's what He's given us. We, we can be taught and rebuked and corrected and trained in righteousness from that Word. And then that Word, as, it, as we fill up with knowledge in that Word, it helps us live a life that's pleasing to God. So God's Word is so important. Now we're going to move into to God's Spirit, the section of God's Spirit that's important. So how, what else is produced? Well, uh, number three is this, a fruitful, growing life. A fruitful, growing life. When I submit to the Word of God, and surrender to Him humbly. And when I say, God, I want to walk worthy of You. I want to live a life that's pleasing to You. And I don't care what other people say or think. I want to live a life pleasing to You. What do you think is going to happen? We're going to have a fruit-filled, growing life. And just like this plant down in front, right? It, it'll bear fruit. It'll bear more acorns. That's one I just don't, you know. But it'll bear acorns. Then they'll plant more and they'll grow. We're to bear fruit. And that fruit should not be fruit from ourselves. It be, should be fruit from Jesus. So he says that, Paul says, we pray this, these things, so that, right, he goes on in verse 10b, you'd be bearing fruit in every good work and growing in the knowledge of God. You see, there's not a place or a time where we've arrived until heaven. Like, like oh, you know what? You have as much knowledge as you're going to have right now about God. This is all you can hope for. It'd be a pretty lousy ending to 2018 if that was the truth, right? I want to be able to grow, and, and it's increasing. And Jesus increased in wisdom, right? It was, it was a growth process. We ought to be growing stronger and more steady and more enduring. If you think about an oak tree, this is not the culmination of its growth. I have oak trees at my house that, I kid you not, are probably five feet or six feet in diameter, maybe more. I'm just I'm trying to be conservative. They are huge trees, and they're producing lots of fruit, right? It's not just a couple acorns. It's lots of fruit. And that's, that's what our lives should, should look like. As we continue to grow and desire to grow, it, it, we should produce more and more fruit, become stronger and more resilient, and we'll see that fruit produced. I, I want us to understand this, you know, this life, this, this walking worthy of Christ is not only just about not sinning. Like the, the, stop, if I stop this or if I do this, I'm in good shape. I want you to understand we, we teach against that all the time. Teach against the idea that if you just do this or do that, you're in good shape. Because that's not what Scripture teaches us. I want to I read a passage out of Matthew 19 to you. He was talking to a rich young ruler, uh, and, and kind of the question came up, what, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Well, keep the commandments, right, Jesus, Jesus said. And then, then he says, uh, in verse 20, he says, I've kept all of these, the young man told him. What do I still lack? Very important question for you and I. I think you and I need to really think, think hard as we approach 2019 and desire real spiritual growth in our lives. We might be doing this ride and this ride and this ride and crossing our T's and dotting our I's and everything looks squared away. But the question we need to ask Jesus is, Jesus, is there something I still lack? Because obviously this, this young ruler, this young rich man came and said, I'm doing these things, but I just don't, I'm not feeling it. Something's off. And maybe that's where you feel today. That's where you're at today. There's something you still lack. So here's what Jesus said to him. He says, what, what do I still lack? He says, if you want to be perfect, Jesus said to him, 
Go sell your belongings and give to the poor. Then you'll have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. The young, when the young man heard that, he went away grieving because he had many possessions. You see his grief? His grief changed, right? What must I do to inherit eternal life? Well, go and sell your stuff and give to the poor. Go, go be kind. Go, get over your idolatry and the things that, that define you. And he went away sad, not, not because of anything to do with eternal life or, or not eternal life. He went away sad because he had many possessions and he didn't want to get rid of them. What, what's in the way between you and God? What do you still lack? Well, there, what do you still lack is getting over yourself. Getting over your own stuff. Getting over the things that define you and that, that, that are your world. See, Jesus is the treasure that we seek. And we need to seek him as that treasure and, and live for him as that treasure. He went away sad because he had many possessions. Jesus said to his disciples then, Truly I tell you, it will be hard for a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven. Why? Because stuff sometimes defines us, right? If we're rich and we have lots of money, it's like I, I can buy and do whatever I want. There's power in that. I'm happy and satisfied. I don't need Jesus. Truly I tell you, it's harder for a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven. Again, I tell you, it's easier. You remember this one? For a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. Now, Jesus is not saying it's impossible if you're rich to go to heaven. That's not, I know a lot of rich people who love Jesus with all their heart, and they're not defined or controlled by their money. But when we start this whole process and when, in Colossians, when, when he says that, I, that I'm praying, right? We say, for this reason, since we heard of this, we haven't stopped praying for you. And what we're asking is that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. This word filled is also the same word as controlled. It's like, this is what controls me. The wisdom and knowledge that comes from God and what He wants me to do, His will, that's what I want to do. And see, if we don't submit to that, then we, we don't have this kind of relationship with Him. We don't have a submissive, Christ-filled relationship because we don't want to be filled by Him. So this rich young ruler goes away empty. He has, he has all his stuff, but he goes away empty because there's nothing for him to have. When his disciples heard that it was harder for a camel, or easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle, they said, or they were utterly astonished and asked, Who then can be saved? Who then can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, With man, this is impossible. Any, any man. With you on your own, with me on my own, left to my own devices, it is impossible for me to be saved, to enter the kingdom of heaven. But with God, all things are possible. Isn't that great? See, with God, all things are possible. And if we want to live a fruitful, growing life, we have to surrender us and exchange us for him. And then he invades, and he moves in, and he renovates, and he begins to produce a fruit from the inside out. And that fruit is his fruit. And we just grow in that fruit. It's not just about sinning less. It's about a heart changed by God and the desire to abandon myself and gain him. And when I gain him, I gain everything, right? Because as we've learned before, that Jesus plus nothing is everything. Number four, going along with God's spirit here, what, what, is, what is produced as we grow Strength to endure. Strength to endure. And I added, with joy. Strength to endure with joy. This life is tough. And, and becoming a, a Christ follower doesn't mean it's going to change the toughness of life and the hardships that we face. We are still going to have those, aren't we? 
We're still going to face those around every corner, just like we did before Christ. But with Christ, we can do it now with hope and with joy, and he'll give us a strength to endure. Verse 11 of Colossians 1 says this, Being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might. Whose who's might? His glorious might. Not, not my strength, not my brother's strength, not my spouse's strength. His glorious strength. I can't do it on my own. I need his glorious strength, and I'll be strengthened with all power by it and his spirit so that you might, uh, might have great endurance and patience joyfully. Like We can endure. We can, we can hold out. We can wait. We know that something's up, and God's going to do something amazing. And, and even if it doesn't happen in this life, we know that we will be one day with him forever. And that in that day, he will wipe away every tear, every pain, every disease, every, and we'll be with him forever. There's a hope in that. There's a joy in that. And that's the joy we hold on to. So as we grow up, if we want to grow up, we need to let him and his spirit invade and strengthen us by his might so that we can endure this life with joy. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16 through 19 says this. Paul again praying, I pray that he might grant you according to the riches of his glory, not the riches of the world, the riches of his glory to be strengthened with power in your innermost being through his spirit. So by God's glorious riches in his power, he can strengthen us inside in our inner being. And that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. You see, this idea of enduring and having strength to endure starts at this little, tiny, mustard seed-sized faith that says, I am trusting him. I'm no longer trusting myself. I'm no longer trusting my abilities or my wealth or my success or my power or whatever. I am trusting in him in faith. He goes on, he says, I pray that you, being rooted and firmly established, this is great, right? If we want to be planted and grow, we need to be rooted, firmly established, and it says, in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints. So here we are moving beyond just the Spirit. right? We have God's Word, and we have, we have the Holy Spirit, God's Spirit, and now we have with all the saints. We have God's people. We'll be able to comprehend with God's people what is the length and width and height and depth of God's love. You see, the secret to living that Spirit-filled life is submitting ourselves to the understanding and knowledge of God's great love for us. And that our faith in that love is what changes everything. And, and to know Christ's love that surpasses knowledge. Surpasses what? The knowledge that we're trying to grow in? His love surpasses that so you may be filled with the, all the fullness of God. See, God's ready to fill you up. God's ready to direct and guide, and God's ready to give you what you need to be fruitful today and, and have strength to endure with joy. He's ready to do that now. Won't you submit? Won't you, won't you trust? Won't you exhibit faith in Him? And the final thing that's produced, number five, is thankfulness. Thankfulness. I want us to go over to Colossians again. Colossians 1, verses 12 through 14. And this is what we're going to lead us into uh, the Lord's Supper today. I, I want us to understand why we're here. It's not about us. It's all about Jesus. Amen? That's, that's why we come here every week to worship. It's all about Jesus. That's why we come to learn from him because he can teach us, Jesus can teach us. And when we come to celebrate uh, the Lord's Supper together, we come to celebrate that he did all the work, that he finished the work on that cross for us. He shed his blood. He, he gave his body so that you and I could have life. 
And it has nothing to do with what we can accomplish. It has everything to do with what he, with what he accomplished. So this should grow in us thankfulness. And I hope in 2019 you want to grow in thankfulness also. Here's what Colossians says. It says, giving thanks. So we're, we're, we're growing joyfully, giving thanks to the Father who has enabled you. Who has enabled you? The Father has enabled you to share in the saints' inheritances. Again, a family of God being grafted into the body of Christ to share in the saints' inheritance in the light. He, this is great, 13, He has rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of the Son He loves. In Him, verse 14, in Him we have redemption, the forgiveness of our sins. Isn't that amazing? That in Him we do. And, and listen, we started this off saying you might have a, be having a great year. And what I want you to understand is, is that great year, that, that doing really good or doing really great can very easily lead to pride. can very easily lead to, I've, I've, got, it. I've got it down. I've, I've been doing this for a while now. I, I can get it. We don't want to go there. We want to continue to humble ourselves into this attitude of thankfulness, saying, God, yes, it's going great, but it's only by your blood, because that's, that's the only reason it's going great. God, I'm praying that it continues to go great. God, continue to fill me up, continue to lead me, continue to give me strength, that I might continue to bear fruit and produce fruit. Continue that work in me, please, God. Don't let me get so proud that I think it's all about me, that ultimately I end up thanking myself. I want to thank God. I want to be thankful to Him for the redemption that He has offered. So today as we partake in the Lord's Supper, it's going to be all about Jesus. And my hope is that you'll, during, as we pass out the elements, you'll you have this time of reflection that you can reflect in your own heart saying, God, am I being prideful? Maybe things are going great. God, help, help keep me away from pride. Help me remember this is all about you, that only by your grace I am where I am today. Reflect on that. And maybe you're not doing great and it hasn't been a great year, but you're desiring to grow. And you, you know today you're here, you're face to face with Jesus and, and his word and he's ready. He's ready to help you grow. He's ready to, to inhabit your heart and, and to, to change you from the inside out. Reflect on that. And maybe you need to believe the gospel. Maybe you've never believed the gospel. You've never entered into a relationship with Jesus Christ. You've never let him forgive you and, and be your savior. He wants to do that. But there's something you lack, and that's that belief, that faith that says, I'm, I'm abandoning everything else because he is the greatest treasure I could have because he did all the work necessary. So today, as we, as we partake in the Lord's Supper, we do it with thankfulness. Amen. Let's pray together. Father, we, we are thankful for you, and we are so great, grateful that you have given us your spirit, you've given us your word, and, and you've given us each other, that we would grow spiritually and be, be filled with the knowledge of God and his will, that we would be obedient to you, God, walking worthy to where you've called us to walk in your glory, for your glory. We praise you for that. God, I ask that as we continue, God, to, to partake and, and observe the Lord's Supper, that we would remember the body and blood that you gave for us, that you died in our place, that we could have life, and you rose victoriously over death, conquering Satan's sin and death once and for all, that we could have eternal life with you. God, our hope is not in ourselves. Our hope is in Jesus Christ. Firmly plant us there today and in 2019. This we pray in Christ's name. Amen.